Hello, friends. J.R. Briggs here, host of the Resilient Leaders podcast. Today, we're reaching back into the archives of over 125 episodes of the podcast. And we're going to re-air an episode that's been helpful to our listeners. We know that over the, the months that we've been doing this, we've gained a lot of new listeners since the episode first aired over 100 episodes ago. And so we want to give new listeners a chance to hear it if they haven't gone back through the catalog. But even if you've listened to this already, we believe that being reminded of valuable leadership truths and nuggets of value and wisdom is significant in becoming a resilient leader. This particular topic on this episode is one that comes up frequently in coaching sessions with leaders and in discussions with leaders over coffee and meals. So I thought we'd re-air it here today. We hope you enjoy this episode and thanks for listening. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Resilient Leaders Podcast, where resilience in leadership is not simply a good idea. Say it with me. It's required. And this is your host, J.R. Briggs. Well, today I want to explore the important topic that every leader must pass the bread truck test. Now, everything seems to be about leadership these days, including this podcast, I guess. But one of the mantras that I live by in my life is this, stop being a leader and start being a leader multiplier. Let me say that again. Stop being a leader and start being a leader multiplier. Now, I, though, I owe this important leadership paradigm shift to Liz Wiseman in her wonderful book, Multipliers, How the Best Leaders Make Everyone Smarter. It's a fantastic book. I've read it on more than one occasion. Wiseman says this. He says, there are only two types of leaders in the world. There are diminishers, where everything depends upon the leader, or there are multipliers, where the arrows are pointing out to make everyone else around them better. The assumption of the diminisher is that people will figure it out. Uh, people will never figure this out without me. But the assumption of a multiplier is people are smart and they can figure it out. As Bono, the front man for the iconic band U2 put it, it has been said that after meeting with the great British Prime Minister William Gladstone, you left feeling he was the smartest person in the world. But after meeting his rival, Benjamin Disraeli, you left thinking that you were the smartest person. See, Wiseman's book unpacks five disciplines of multipliers. One, the, target, uh, the talent magnet, those who attract and optimize talent. Two, the liberator, those who require people's best thinking. Three, the challenger, those who extend challenges to others so that they can rise to the occasion. Four, the debate maker, those who debate decisions and have an open mind, believing that those around them and below them can actually think very well and can change the mind of you as the leader. And number five, the investor, those who instill accountability. They believe deeply in their people, but they hold them accountable to what they've been asked to do in a healthy way. Multipliers ask those that they lead questions like, what's the next challenge for you? And what would a stretch assignment be for you? And what is getting out of the way for you to be successful look like? Now, I'll put information about the book in the show notes, but I highly recommend Liz Wiseman's book, Multipliers. The best boss that I've ever had and maybe ever will have, her name was Ruth Pape. Ruth was great at this. She empowered her team. She asked great questions. She let us succeed, and she never took the credit for it. To use a football analogy, I've often described Ruth before as a lineman, an offensive lineman. She led in such a way 
that she was like that lineman doing the hard work of blocking up front on the line in order to create large holes for us as running backs to find and run down the field. And she did that well. Linemen don't end up on the front cover of Sports Illustrated. Running backs often do. But without the linemen creating large holes through their blocking, running backs can never get down the field. Thanks, Ruth, for the impact that you've had on my life and showing me what it means to be an offensive lineman blocking for the sake of others. Now, back to the bread truck test. What is the bread truck test? Well, it's one simple provocative question. If you as a leader were walking across a busy street in your community and you got hit by a bread truck and died, what would happen to your organization, your company, your church, your nonprofit, or the group that you lead? Simply put, if you got hit by a bread truck and died, what would that mean for your organization? Now, on the surface, that's kind of morbid, isn't it? I mean, who wants to think about such a gruesome way to die? It makes us uncomfortable, and we often ignore this topic altogether, but we have to face this reality right now. So think of your leadership right now. If you got hit by a bread truck, God forbid, and you died, what would happen to your realm of leadership? Would it fall apart? because you weren't around to make all the decisions? Would it continue on without you? Are you unsure? And how might you know if it would go on well and healthily with or without you? Every leader must pass the bread truck test. You see, a lot of people wait until it's too late to pass the baton onto someone else, or they create a succession plan way too late in the process. By the way, this idea of the bread truck test is not about a succession plan. It's not about something in the future to ensure your organization will be fine later. This is about unleashing and releasing people into their potential and giftedness starting right now. And the most resilient leaders that I know give leadership away long before they transition out of their leadership role, no matter what their leadership role may be, big or small. Leading the church that I planted several years ago, this bread truck test was constantly on my mind. Would I pass the bread truck test? I would ask, I'd even ask that of our elders. I would ask that of the other pastor on staff. I would ask my mentor and my leadership coach this question. I certainly hoped that it would never happen to me. I don't want to get hit by a bread truck. So far, so good. But if it did, I hoped that people would say, you know, we sure miss him. But you know what? He's already equipped us for this. We have already been trained, equipped. We've already been given permission to lead. And now we just need to lean in a little bit more to fill in the gaps of leadership right now. Being obsessed with this question paid off. And by God's grace, when I transitioned out of being the lead pastor of our church a few years ago, I passed it off to my friend who I had trained and equipped. Our elders were leading. They were engaged. They were doing the work, not just me. And I transitioned out. And I can say that the church is as engaged, involved, and leading all of them as they've ever been. I'm deeply grateful and encouraged for where the church is now. Yes, it may be uncomfortable to think about asking that question, but I needed to start thinking about that question of the bread truck test long before I was even thinking about transitioning out. And so do you. Now, listen, I'm not great with math, not at all. In fact, I'm so bad that I struggle to even spell the word mathematics. <laughs> but there is an equation that I have on an index card on my desk that has been there for years. It is valuable. It grounds me and reminds me what I'm asked to do. It's a plus sign with an arrow moving from left to right and then an X. A plus sign, an arrow moving left to right toward an X. 
Now, what does that mean? It means that there was a season where I was doing ministry by addition, leadership by addition. And now it was time for me to move from leading by addition to leading by multiplication of moving to see myself as a leader multiplier. Now, this may sound fun to say, yeah, let's lead from, from move from addition to now leading by multiplication. That sounds fun. But let me be very frank and blunt with you. This is hard. How is it hard? In two specific ways. Number one, it requires a lot of work on the front end. It requires heavy lifting on the front end, and you have to trust that it will pay off on the back end. And you do that hard work, it usually does pay off. But second, here's where it's hard, and it's very personal. You won't get a lot of credit moving forward because you won't be in the spotlight anymore. Other people will be. When you move from leadership by addition to leadership by multiplication, there is more fruit. There is more evidence. There is more results of your effort. But someone else is getting the credit because someone else is in the spotlight, not you. And you will at times be tempted to say, hey, you like what they're doing? I taught them that. They learned that from me. And you'll have to ask yourself, wait a second, why am I trying to get all the credit? What is my motive? And why do I want people to know that it's about me? You'll have to wrestle with those temptations of leadership because they're there for every leader. And it can be hard to, to be face-to-face with your own ego getting in the way of your leadership, but at times it does, and we've got to wrestle with that. So I have to ask you, and you'll have to ask yourself, is your leadership about me or is your leadership about helping other people? Now, you may be wondering, but how do I grow into knowing if I'd pass the bread truck test? Well, I'm glad you asked. Let me be ridiculously practical here in five very brief ways. You ready? Number one, test your motives. Really wrestle with your motivations because these are temptations for leaders and their identity and ego. Questions like, do I believe that I have to always have all the power in the room? Do I believe I have to be the smartest person in the room? Do I believe I have to receive all the credit or is it more important for our team to thrive and accomplish our mission? And what do you want to be known for? Being great or making everyone around you great? So test your motives. Number two, consider if you were gone for four weeks or four months, what would be missing? Who would lead in your absence? Would they be ready right now? If not, what could you be doing right now to train, equip, give permission to, or give opportunities to let them lead right now in order to fill in those gaps that you see? Number three, ask those that you lead these two questions each week. Number one, where do you need me to be more involved this week? And number two, where do you need me to get out of your way? Sometimes in order for leaders to grow, they need your further involvement in the process so that they can watch how you deal with the problem or handle a sticky situation. They need you to model it for them, give them permission, or be a champion for what they're doing. And sometimes we need to get out of the way. There's an old Indian saying that says, nothing grows under a banyan tree. Banyan trees provide shade and it's very comfortable, but it allows no sun to come through for other things to grow. And unfortunately, many leaders operate like banyan trees. They protect their people, but nothing grows under them. Leaders refuse to be a banyan tree. Again, where do you need me to be more involved this week? Number two, where do you need me to get out of your way? These are vulnerable questions, but they're crucial to helping you pass the bread truck test. Number four, remember your job is to work yourself out of a job. You will either be fired, take a job elsewhere, or you'll die at some point. Maybe not tomorrow or next week or next year, but one day you will. So what are you doing now to prepare for that? 
whenever that transition will be. Why wait until you have to give your leadership away? Why not start doing it now? And number five, live by this mantra. Your job is to grow fruit on other people's trees. Your job is to grow fruit on other people's trees. You see, when you become a leader, the center of gravity is no longer yourself. The arrows must point out, and resilient leaders have arrows that point away from themselves and toward other people. Just recently, I heard author Ryan Holiday say it slightly differently. He said, find canvases for other people to paint on. I love that. Yes, yes, yes. This is how we move from leadership by addition, where it's all up to you, to leadership by multiplication, where it's about equipping and unleashing other people. You do that and you will stop being a leader and instead you'll be a leader multiplier. But here's the secret. When you become a leader multiplier, you'll actually be the most valuable leader that people will ever meet. If you move from a mindset of a diminisher to a mindset of a multiplier, you will pass the bread truck test. And leaders who pass the bread truck test are the most resilient of all. Well, thank you for joining me today. This podcast is produced by the generative Joel Limbowen at On A Limb Productions. Visit onalimproductions.com for all of your video and podcast needs, or you can check out the link in the show notes. Leaders, be faithful, available, teachable, and hungry. Keep leaning in and learning and stop being a leader and instead be a leader multiplier. <laughs>